Hello and welcome to episode 2 of the Hello Hallyu podcast, bringing you insightful news, views and reviews on everything Hallyu and its fandoms. We are your hosts. I'm Rimi. I'm from Mumbai, India and a big K-pop fan. I'm Sadna. I'm from Hyderabad, India and I'm a fan of most things Hallyu and I'm also very interested in the business around it. So today we'll talk, you know, we're still trying to organize our podcast. This is just episode 2. And today we'll talk briefly about what we've been listening to. Then we're both BTS fans, so we'll discuss the controversy surrounding BTS's upcoming concert in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. Before we move west to Super M, which is probably the biggest debut of all time, we finally end with what we're looking forward to in the coming weeks. So, to begin with, what have we been listening to? Sadhna, you go first. uh so as you listen you'll find that this is a theme but over the last two weeks i've been only listening to day 6 like repeatedly i have a day 6 discography uh playlist in which i arranged all their songs from debut to the last in order all of them have you heard their entire discography wow more than twice <laughs> And- some songs like repeatedly so yeah uh, so i'm, I'm name- surprised it took me this long to listen to them because they're kind of my style from like non kpop listening so mm-hmm. yeah. so name one song that you really like uh right now i am really into time of our life which is the latest the title of their last uh, ep mm. so it's it's the beginning is very similar to uh you know the anime movie kimono nawa so oh. the song in that zen 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 se so the main song in that the beginning the first few seconds are very similar to that except mm-hmm. in uh, kimono nawa it's like electric guitar but here it's keys mm-hmm. and after that it becomes a totally different song but it still has that kind of j rock energy which i really like So I think that's my recommendation for today. Uh so as for me with Day6 I haven't heard all of their songs. Uh I have found that I don't really like how they mix their instruments or like you know Jay has such amazing vocals and individually the instruments are very nice but somehow when combined a lot of their songs don't fall very well on my ears. But that's just me. There are other songs I really like like um this beautiful feeling or just beautiful feeling that one is it's one of my favorite basic songs and one of my favorite songs from kpop and one of on you know on my usual go to list for music so i do like basics and i'll check out more songs since you like them so much yeah i think you'll like them if you give them a chance as for me i've been listening to vanas So they are a rookie rookie group from rbw uh, rbw is mamamoo's agency and they debuted earlier this year they have just released their third ep and you know i really looked forward to boy group debuts in 2019 since there was you know there was a produce group that was debuting there was big hits new group there was supposed to be yg's treasure 9 but that seems to be on hold now but surprisingly my absolute favorite debuts have been the two debuts from rbw uh, one us and one v so one v are a band like day 6 and you know check out their last song regular skies i really love it 
but right now wanas have recently released lit and lit has just blown up like it has blown up in my life not blown up it's blown up in my life so it 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 cheats a little because you know that songs that like bts's deng bixis shangrila all of these songs that combine uh traditional traditional korean instruments with like hip hop and more modern sound they work very well and you know lit is one of those songs it really is lit it's got really pretty lyrics as well that you know i feel like i'm walking through a forest at night in the mountain side it's all peaceful like i really like it <laughs> and you know i'm going to a festival somewhere and you know i i just really recommend it i've also been listening to 80s a little bit i've only heard their title tracks so wave and say my name are two songs i do like hala hala i didn't like so much and you know just today they have released wonderland i heard it once <laughs> just before we started our recording i'm not yet sure what i feel about it but yeah do check out wanas and 80s i think they are they have lots of potential 80s are also a rookie group and they seem to be doing well i like uh, 80s stuff and even with wonderland uh, i also heard it just before our recording <laughs> on first listen i really like this kind of big band sounds in the background mm-hmm. it, it it's a different sound right but 80s has always experimented with uh, how they use the instruments yeah um, i don't know if you remember but the even with say my name you are like oh that the the song with those weird sounds yeah <laughs> that's how you are able to recognize it yeah so yeah i'm excited to check out their uh, the rest of their album yeah say like wonderland on first listen was a little too loud for my liking but i do think i need to give it another listen so that's that next i wanted to talk about you know we are both bts fans and obviously you know bts are back from their break as everybody knows you know the next big thing on their schedule is the october 11th concert in riyadh saudi arabia now since this concert was announced uh, it has there has been some backlash even amongst fans normally army are quick to defend bts regarding everything but this time fans have you know there's been a portion of the fandom that has reacted badly or not reacted badly they have reacted negatively to it you know and i just i like i really wanted to discuss what is fueling this so obviously we all know that every country has its issues but what is it about saudi arabia that makes it stand out um there's a lot to go into if we go into the human rights abuses and you know just in in general the way that saudi functions but if bts were just any other kpop band right who bts even as fans they posture a lot really you know they they kind of straddle the lines of maybe being activists we want better things for the world we want you know people to speak themselves that's the entire point right so yeah. uh, i think because of that strong position that they took and they you know they're even ambassadors because they identify themselves and they promoted themselves that way that we are seeing mm-hmm. this range of backlash super junior went and performed stray kids went and performed but i mean the 
they're influential and the but the size of their fandom is mm. uh, on twitter at least is smaller compared to bts but you didn't see this kind of backlash because they they never said that you know we stand for these yeah. and then went and performed it was yeah just another performance for them and i think i think that is where the uh, like the sort of conflict lies right because even in this you know that un speech that rm did the whole mm. message of that speech was speak yourself but in other countries that have various issues and i you know an a soulbeats article go i'll link to the article below that discusses this in greater detail but in other countries also there there are human rights abuses and there are issues but at least other countries are tolerating dissent not all other countries but other countries where kpop groups are going and performing they are tolerating dissent whereas saudi arabia on the other hand as we all know is not jamal yep. kashogi the journalist his assassination uh, a, a while back that it made headlines and that just tells you you know the brutal way in which it was done brutal and sudden way in which it was done which it just tells you that saudi arabia and speak yourself do not go together yeah i think that's one of the fundamental problems and uh, another point that uh, some armies who are opposed to this make is that this is an official invitation as opposed to their performance in any other country so they are literally going to a state sponsored event and the state here being saudi arabia and all the associations but to that uh, when they are opposing bts performing in saudi arabia they are essentially opposing trade relations between saudi arabia and south korea which uh, you know they have this agreement and south korea has uh, said that they'll support saudi's vision 2030 they have oh. this whole program dedicated to bilateral relations and trade and all that stuff um and i think bts is a part of that which mm. people are kind of missing out on right so um, the point is that bts are maybe perhaps because of south korean foreign policy i i don't want to use the word obligated but perhaps they are in some way they are expected to go and do this yeah and um, i i didn't know this before but i was just uh, reading up uh, today that hyundai who bts are the ambassadors of mm. is also a sponsor for the event and they're going to be oh. uh, you know promoting their palisade cars in riyadh along with the event so that brings this whole other dimension right so it's business plus politics and bts is kind of one of the vehicles in which all this is happening right so like like so yes so that's just you know disregarding their artistry and everything they stand for mm, yeah but i i think when we are kind of consuming or listening to kpop right it's i know western journalists uh, have this narrative that they don't have any agency over what they do and mm. we talked about this in the last episode that that's not true but it's mm. also true that they don't have as much say in this kind of stuff as an artist like maybe nikki minaj does yeah right she can say this is against my ideology i don't want to disappoint my fans i won't go but that's the thing right i don't see any kpop artist group uh, that exists right now who 
will be in a position to decline or say that we won't go to this country because it's against our ideology mm. that's and the you know, difference between the industry as such hmm. and you know i like i was curious i mean i when all of this happened i did wonder what the idols themselves think about it and we'll never know their true thoughts but there was an interview recently and i'll link to that by the hollywood reporter now first of all that interview has been roundly criticized for very good reasons <laughs> but it you yeah. know that yeah that the the writer did it, at least he did ask uh, the boys what they thought about the saudi arabian concert and and he seems to have gotten very like careful answers like rm just says that it was not easy and jimin adds that bts will go wherever you know there are fans ready to see them so it's a very apolitical it's a very careful stand but like you say that's only to be expected as you know they cannot really reveal their own politics in this kind of matter yeah and even if they do have bad politics we'll never know until like many many years later if they speak up at all right yeah. some people in in this context they're like uh, kpop is you know a tool for the government it's created by the south korean government and um, i don't think that's true that you know the, the, there is this whole narrative that it was created by the government as propaganda hmm. and but i think that even if it was not created as propaganda sometimes it's very easy to co-opt this existing uh, you know very popular Uh, yeah infrastructure cultural infrastructure that exists hmm. to to kind of mesh with the government's agenda and uh, i think that may be happening in this instance but you know i'm i'm sure that i mean governments do invest in soft culture all over the world right i i believe bollywood also gets some government investment it happens it's not a thing that's unique to kpop it's not uh, governments do that throughout the world i mean the us is the biggest exporter of <laughs> soft power and yeah. um there these uh, you know it was levis was responsible for the downfall of <laughs> the soviet one of the countries in the soviet union because you know, a lot of the people just wanted to buy levis because it was so cool hmm. right uh, even thai restaurants in the us are apparently part of the thai government's efforts to spread culture thai culture and get tourists to bangkok right so i mean so when all sorts the, of things but specifically yeah. when it comes to k pop i think people want it to be a political but it's not k pop some k pop stands fans they're like oh this is not politics this is not deep this is just k pop and even if that's true it is also sometimes political and you know i'm you know you can't escape these politics like even bts's love yourself message which incorporates and you know all sorts of gender identities sexualities races that's a political idea yeah When, exactly so you can't really escape politics art and politics is they are you know they're they're pretty intertwined i i think it's strange that kpop fans say this because as we've seen right just in the last two years we've seen how intertwined these are with uh, rising tensions in japan 
with the whole china the the missile thing mm. and yeah thaid and kpop groups not getting to perform there and how it's been affected we've seen this with hong kong and uh, jackson right what did yeah. he say i forgot no i mean he showed his support for the one china, china policy versus, and, yeah 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 and fans were mad but that that just goes to show you right you you can't really divorce these two um, some 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 fans who are in support of bts going to riyadh say this that you know it's just a concert it's nothing to do with the government it's nothing to do with uh, any of these campaigns that you're speaking of it, it's just the boys going to perform but there is all of this yeah so nothing we can do looks like our favorite k-pop group is going after all to saudi arabia yeah yeah and it's okay with to disagree with them what i s- exactly with any of what i said i don't mean to defend what they're doing hmm. but that doesn't mean that you know i am an anti or whatever exactly it. like it's okay to disagree with your favorites and you be know. disappointed in them yeah yeah not everything they do has to be glorified and amazing so that's fine yeah <laughs> but you know so moving on for the west there are these other favorites now super m debuting in the us so did you catch their debut i did i did i ah. didn't like it at first listen but uh, later on i did i think it was the opposite for you <laughs> yeah so i somehow really liked jopping at first listen i still like jopping itself the rest of the album didn't work so well for me i'm not a fan of sm's usual style uh but i do like some i like shiny some songs i like exo some songs i like ncp some songs and i do generally like like third generation fourth generation boy groups more than earlier boy groups and jopping is more nct than shiny so i you know my basic point is that it jopping is in the vein and light like that is the kind of song i might like and it worked for me <laughs> it's a good song yes yeah. so the lyrics are nonsensical yeah but you know it's okay not all music has to be about <laughs> finding yourself or you know whatever it it set out to be a hype song and it delivers on that right, That's it, right. it has all this powerful That's choreography right. and instrumentation and even the vocals you know it it set oh, out to what it vocals. wants to do perfectly so it it works because of that that's true so I you know and you know I'm a big fan of Beckyon's vocals and I just like keep playing that song to listen to his ad-libs. So but the more interesting question is what does Super M's debut mean? I mean obviously now they you know this is a this is just a next step in a long line of SM's experiments. They have tried these uh supergroups before the like SM the Ballad though they haven't pushed anything so uh, with such gusto. and you know they have done their regional debuts with XOM and XOK as well as NCT's 127 which was to promote in Seoul and Baby in China they've done these age restricted debuts like NCT Dream you know they have NCT's rotating concept so SM really has been trying various things and i think SM 
does set the trends in K-pop somewhat. If you look at how boy group generations are divided, although people will, you know, there are people who will disagree with this, but generally boy group generations do follow like the debut of Essence boy groups, like second gen can be super junior, shiny, third gen sort of begins when EXO debuts. So it's, SM has been setting the trends. So it's, you know, so I was very interested in seeing what Super M's debut bring, brings about. So for instance, cross-group collaborations are really rare within K-pop. And as a K-pop fan per se, I would love to see more of them. And I hope that Super M sees success. And I hope we see more of those kinds of collaborations. So that's one of the things that I'm really hoping to see with this. Yeah, that would be great. And, you know, like you said, Super M, uh, sorry, SM sets the trends. So if uh, this kind of, you know, different fandom coming together, if it becomes a success, we might even see cross-group collaborations from across labels, across labels that don't compete too much, let's say. (laughs) I dare hope, yes, that would be amazing. And uh, do you think that Super M can possibly, you know, there has been some talk of them being the Avengers of K-pop and giving BTS a run for their money in the United States. Do you think that's possible? I don't think they're there for BTS's audience, right? BTS's audience is like firmly established. But Super M sets out to fill this, you know, their K-pop max. If, if you look at BTS, people are always talking about how they're bucking the trend of what K-pop is and, you know, how they do things differently and all of that. But Super M just takes what all of K-pop is, you know, if, even if you call them stereotypes or whatever, right? Yeah, you like know, manufactured, that, if you take that word where there's something inorganic in the way they've been brought together, the right. music has but been it, prepared by entirely by someone else. Like, if you think of, like, all the the word manufactured that is associated with K-pop, I think Super M kind of fits. I mean, in terms of music, where lyrically it may not be that deep, but musically it just hits that uh, hype sound, like that big sound that you associated with K-pop earlier, Hmm. right? Maybe like the early 2010s K-pop. It takes that energy and just amplifies it. And I think there is an audience for that in the US, as we are seeing, right? Concert tickets are getting sold out. Mm. So, it, which means there is a real hunger to see that side of K pop too, which is what SM is playing into. So, there will be a success, but it's not, it, I don't think it's in comparison or anything to do with the BTS style. Yeah, I I would agree that there's been a lot of talk of this, but uh, so I mean, obviously you know, breaking into the American market, the very coveted American shows has been difficult in the past for K-pop groups. Many have tried, particularly YG and SM themselves have tried and not been very successful. So with BTS opening up, uh, you know, the American market, I mean, making it perhaps we can say more receptive to K-pop. So I, you know, I think Super M will really add to that. But with Super M, right, I think um, if you look at Shiny or EXO, they've had concerts before in the US and Mm. they do have lots of fans, but they've never promoted aggressively there. 
Yeah. So when with the formation of Super M, NCT has been promoting in the US, but with the formation of Super M, you, you SM is kind of filling into that gap right now. Hmm. So I look forward yeah. to it. The only thing I don't like about American promotions is that I find that you know the variety isn't that much fun. Like variety shows, you know, my that's uh. been at least my experience with BTS. So I know that Korean variety is really hard and there are long shooting hours. But it's just, I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's just so much fun to watch. I love shows like Weekly Idol, Idol Room, Idol Radio, Running Man. And it's just, I've really missed seeing BTS on these kinds of shows. They never, they weren't very big on them earlier as well. But there are episodes up to BTS's Knowing Brothers appearance in 2017. The DNA uh, promotions but after that there's been nothing <laughs> so I and that is you know that's the only thing I don't like about this US focus in promotions and with US variety or just even interviews right it tends to be mostly about or it tends to kind of all the burden of making it fun or translating falls on the one or two English speaking members right? and the rest just kind of you know so if Korean, if, if, if it's in a Korean show, for instance, everybody has participates more. So that makes it more fun to watch as a group. Even. Right. I do agree. Yeah. You get a better feel for the personalities of the members. They're much more. I feel they're freer than they are yeah. on American in American interviews, etc. Yeah, and that's understandable. But... Yeah. What to do? The money in the US attracts everyone, so that's fine. Yeah. For me, what's been interesting is seeing how Super M has kind of been approaching it from the grassroots level, even like the promo. They've aggressively promoted Super M before it uh, debuted. And then, you know, in the press conferences, they're inviting journalists regardless of their prestige affiliations, right? You're seeing mm. people from indie outlets who are going. And these are the fans or reporters who are actually really passionate about K-pop. So they bring that to their coverage and that makes more people excited. So that, that you know, that brings this whole wave of positive uh, coverage and more fans because they're genuinely seeing that these people like this music. Um, other groups... Other other groups, I think, will maybe start to take a leaf out of this type of promotion. I'm not sure, but it would be interesting to see. So well done, huh? Capital Capital Records. <laughs> and even the ticket prices, right? Fifty dollars is nothing. Other groups sell for, you know, two hundred upwards of two hundred. So anybody with just a passing interest in K-pop can be like, oh, maybe I can take a chance and. You know how captivating the performance are. They've yeah. been banking on that. And so I mean, they've brought together the best performers from three different, four different SM groups. So Exactly. So SM has been very smart about this. Yeah. And I really look forward to seeing where Super M goes from here. And, you know, that was what we had planned for today. So, but before we end, we wanted to talk about what we are looking forward to in the coming weeks. I personally am really excited about TYT's comeback. 
this will be that you know it was supposed to happen in august and then it was supposed to go into september and then to october because the boys had conjunctivitis just passing it on from one member to another uh so i really like their debut album and you can tell that big hit really likes it too because each song has one or two different variations whether it's in english whether it's you know mvs and the performance so it's i really you know i just really like their debut album and i expected to like the bts music because they have many of the same producers from bts crossing over so i am really excited about their comeback on the 21st i think you as for me uh this is a theme during the episode but day 6 has a comeback on the 22nd oh uh, one day after yes so i am super looking forward to that so mm-hmm. because they released this comeback trailer just yesterday um the, their previous album is called the book of us gravity and mm. it's supposed to be about the fun times during the beginning of the relationship and this one is called uh, entropy so it's about oh. disorder and um, you know it, it looks really emo and emo day 6 is i think something i look forward to a lot so <laughs> that's what so the relationship is not going well now huh? yeah i'm assuming but let's yeah. see Oh that should be fun. Yes, yes. And, and they have like, really emo lyrics sometimes. So mm-hmm. yeah, let's let's do an episode on that. Okay, we'll do that. Day 6. I'll keep it in mind that you want to do a day 6 episode. So yeah, that's it. So that's that for us this week or for a while. Yep. And please uh, write in to us with any feedback you have on Twitter, where at hello underscore hallu. And we'll catch you next episode. Bye bye.